Drivers, start your engines! Yellow's out, yellow's out. Bannon's just about out wrecking him. Benji busted her. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. Uh, it is Tuesday. We're a day behind this week. That's my fault. That's okay. It's okay. Uh, April 25th, correct? Yep. We're on episode 30. No, this is 38. 37. No, this was 37. Oh, shit. This is 38. Oops. That's my bad. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm way behind. That's okay. Right before we hit record, I told Jarrett, um... That I haven't gotten the last episode posted. Oh, oh. Damn. Hold on. Sorry, guys. There's a spider. Oh, I just killed it. Damn it. <laughs> wasn't trying to do that. Anyway, uh, I've been very behind. I still haven't gotten episode 37 posted, but I thought that was 36. So we're actually on 38, but I'll get that posted tonight. So by the time you hear this or what? Well, just kidding. By the time you hear this, um, we'll have two episodes posted. Um, but anyway, continue. Sorry. Uh, like I said, it is Tuesday, um, week's kind of dragging by so far, but, uh, what's, what's new? Anything? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Feel a lot better. Wasn't feeling well the last couple of days. Um, like I said, I've been behind, uh, mentally just been drained. A lot of stuff going on at work. So it's like, by the time I get home, I got home at like seven last night. Um, wasn't feeling well at all. Um, didn't want to talk to anybody. Didn't want to be around anybody. I was feeling so sick. Um, was trying to edit the last episode. I got most of it done, but just a lot. Um, I feel a lot better today. Glad yeah. to be here. Um, <coughs> but yeah, other than that, nothing, <laughs> nothing to report as always. How was uh, your? I mean, we worked on your car over the weekend. We made that was nice. We made some pretty good progress Friday night. I think I got a lot done that I didn't know if I would we would be able to do yeah um got some got a couple more things to buy i did end up getting the new rear end on saturday so hopefully fingers <laughs> crossed we can make this work because it's in not the prettiest of shape yeah uh but it's hopefully a step in the right direction if not i think we can make work with what we got it's just going to make the process a little bit more difficult right um no, I w- I left here at what ten o'clock, ten thirty on Friday, and yep. I was here. I got here at five thirty. Yeah, so I was here for about five hours working on the car. Um, Dakota helped me out. I enjoyed it. Um, I like working on cars. Um, working on the cars, even though I haven't worked on my own. Um, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Got really dirty. We did that. I was thinking too, like that sucks. Like I, our barn is like small and then we got like a concrete pad and then it's like the rest is dirt, which is my great grandpa built that barn. And so like, that was kind of like his vision, I guess was like, I can have the dirt to work on the cars, not have to worry about cleaning up spills or anything like that because it just absorbs into the dirt, which was like fair. But like, it sucks when you're working on a race car and you have to like get in the dirt. Um, it's hard to jack it up sometimes yeah that's Um, the difficult part is we have to lay metal plates down to put the jacks on and like you have to make sure everything's flat and not wobbly yeah so i agree though it does help with the not having to clean up spills and stuff yeah but there are cons to that (laughs) as well yeah um but all in all we make work with make it make it work 
Um, I'm not complaining. I'm appreciative that you all let me keep my car here and stuff like that. So, but no, Dakota was out helping me, got dirty, covered in brake fluid and dirt and laying up underneath the car with me. I think we were underneath the car for like an hour. My back hurt after that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough at points, but. But we got done what we needed. Um, got some more issues to think about fixing my, <laughs> we got the t- front tires back on and then. I spun one, and I'm like, oh. Something don't sound right. That don't sound good. <laughs> uh, and it's like the brake pad is. It's like glued. It is glued to the rotor. Like, the it'll, the, ty- the wheel will spin, but um, it's definitely rubbing yeah. a lot on both sides. Um, now, if you hit the brake pedal, it won't spin at all. Like, that's fine, but I think I'm going to take them off and try and press the cylinder or the piston back out so mm-hmm. that it'll release and then put them back on and pump it up a little bit and see if it i don't know yeah i'm hoping it's a simple fix and not i i'm hoping and praying i mean those brakes only have roughly 150 laps on them which is quite a bit for how hard i am on them but yeah they still look like they're in very good shape yeah the pads look good anyway right i agree um but yeah uh, let's see, what else? I think that's... Well, I was going to tell this, I was going to say this at the end of the show. I guess I'll say it now. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a blur, uh, what we talk about on past episodes. I think I was still talking about maybe racing. Um, I've made up my mind, which I'm going to sound like a, and look like an idiot, but originally I made an announcement, um, that probably five people saw, which is fine because... It helps my case a little bit, but I was, I made the decision at the time not to race this year, um, take time away from driving and focus on some other things. Um, after talking with some people that, you know, won't let up on it, which I'm very appreciative of, by the way, um, and working on Jarrett's car with him, I will be racing this year. I just don't know when or what races. I know I'm not going to make the first race, which is fine. I kind of want to see, um what the competition looks like this year because i know there's a lot of people moving up to the crown vicks and and such so gonna see where i want to go if i want to stay in the pros um or go back down to the stocks um but i will be racing at some point um i'm really itching now i think to try out a crown vic not in a race setting but definitely like like you we were talking about last time uh you know he sat in mine friday night (laughs) to help bleed breaks and i was like damn i need to give this a try (laughs) um but I, I definitely want to do that this year. I think take one of the cars out there and just run some laps by myself and see what it's like. Um, but, yeah, I will be racing this year. Um, I just don't know when. But I'm excited. I mean, I love being behind the wheel, and I knew it was going to suck not being behind the wheel this year, um, especially going to the track, like Dad said. Like, you're paying 30 bucks regardless, so you might as well take it out there. That's true. Um, so... And we're racing on Saturday, so it's not like you guys have to worry about being out there till midnight and waking right. up to go to work the next morning. Right, because I think that helps that fun. situation a lot. Yeah. So, and like when I made that announcement, uh, <clears throat> my parents were begging me not to say anything. I was like, no, like this is the right decision. Like, you know, I I want to take some type of responsibility in helping us grow. Um, I guess I can do both. I just felt like I couldn't, but I think I can. Um, but yeah, making that announcement sucked. I was like, I don't want to do this, but. You know, it's like, maybe I should take so some time away. are you going to run pros or are you going to run stock? I don't know yet. 
Um, I'm definitely going to see what the competition looks like. I can see pros and cons for both. Um, I, w- I will say I would like to run the pros, um, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to see what the competition looks like. Like I said, a lot of guys have been talking about moving up to Crown Vicks, and if they do that, I don't believe they can run both, or that was a rule at a time. I don't know. Um, so I'm definitely going to wait and see. Um, I know someone that is running both. Really? Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to make the first race. The car is nowhere near ready. And we got, like, what, two weeks? Take it out there like it is. <laughs> slap, slap the wheels on and go. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, I'm not sure yet. I, I'll make my mind up then. Um, like I said, I don't know what races I'm going to run. Um, if I'm going to try to get in the second race, if I'm going to hold off and maybe do half a season um, like I have before. But, I mean, I will be racing at some point this year, so I'm very excited to get. I mean, I dreaded not being behind the wheel and thinking about it, but, yeah, I'm excited. So I will be doing that this year at some point. Um, But, anyway. Great news. Yeah. I was super bummed because... Like, Dakota was a big reason why I got into racing, because I'm like, oh, I'm like, Dakota's racing. I'm like, that would be fun. Um, now, there were other factors that played into me getting yeah. my car, too. But I think ha- knowing, like, Dakota racing made that a lot easier for me to be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun being out there with you guys anyway, um, regardless of what the capacity is. But I, I enjoy us all being out there as drivers. Um, and, like... You guys keep saying that, like, like you have been saying, like, oh, you're the, like, you're, you played a part in me getting into it too. And it's just like, it's crazy to think about because every time you say that, I just remember the first time, like, we actually hung out because I'm like, this kid ain't going to like me. <laughs> and like, I didn't realize you liked racing as much as I do. So it was just crazy. And then, like, just to see our friendship build over that. Right. So it is cool. Um, and now we have a podcast together. We do. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it is cool. So I appreciate that you feel that way. Um, and, you know, mom and dad have been very hard on me. I know there's been some other people that they've talked to um, who have been kind of shocked about that, too. So um, I love being at the track regardless of what I'm doing, but I'm excited to to make the announcement, I guess, that I'm rescinding my previous statements of not racing. Well, I'm glad you'll be out there. Yeah. Um, that just means, you know, I would like to get some at-the-track content, but I did just buy some new stuff for the GoPro, as you mm-hmm. saw. Um, so we'll be able to do some on the car mounts for each of us. Um, we'll figure something out there. Yeah, but. I mean the plan is still to take the camera out there. I'll probably recruit Bailey or somebody to at least hold the camera for us while we're talking about stuff. But um, or however we do it, it'll be some. I'm, I'm thinking of like a vlog style thing, obviously. So we'll see. Um, but I, that's the goal for me too: is try to get some content out there. I think it'd be cool, and it's like what's what's going to hurt if we do? You know what I mean? So. And I think that will be really fun to do if we go to other tracks as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if we ever venture out to somewhere besides Mount Lawn, like, I know I want to run dirt. Your dad's thinking about it. <laughs> I would love to run Circle City. Yeah. So, I mean, just getting some insight, you know, vlogging while we're mm-hmm. at different tracks and learning. Like, we're all learning how to drive still. We're all fairly new. Dakota has the most experience when it comes to driving yeah. on a racetrack out of all of us. But I'm still learning. We're all still learning. So it's just like as we can go through this process and then venture to different places and hopefully have some success. Yeah. Yep. That's the goal is to to just build this team up. I was looking at our team picture today at work while I was writing the show notes, and I was just like, I saw, like, my tiny car. 
and your guys' big Crown Vicks. And I was like, damn, it'd be so cool if I can get a Crown Vic. I don't want to just jump in. I, I'm not that ballsy, but I just think it'd be cool to run three Crown Vicks. I've been thinking about that for a second, too, which is why I want to get behind the wheel of one just to see. But um, So that's also a possibility, maybe, in the next couple of years, get into so, a Crown Vic. Uh, would you get rid of your compact for a Crown Vic? Or are you going to... You know, I don't know, because the goal in mind, in my mind, my crazy mind, is to... Uh, I would love to run the Vore series. Um, so, I mean, if somebody wrote a check and said, here's this money to go run the Vore series, I would do both or try to. Um, I don't know. I love that car, though. There's just something about it that I'm like, I don't want to see it go. But never say never, I guess. So Listen, I wholehearted. I really want to get Bradley over here mm-hmm. to run my car for me for a few laps and be like, what can I do? Yeah. You know, how, like, you know, as far as, like, let him watch my driving line or because he, he has a background in Crown Vicks. Like, mm-hmm. he knows, you know, he's familiar with them. Yeah. Relatively familiar with them. More than I am, I think. Um, but, yeah, I just think any sort of insight. I know your dad's t- been talking to people. He's got some people that are probably going to give him some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hopefully, some of this pays off and we get out there and make a name for ourselves i guess i hope so but my mind is crazy so don't i i, I don't need people hyping me up because i'm like you could always go to the bank and ask for a twenty thousand dollar. <laughs> i i would never <laughs> that's a different conversation for another day i would never do that though but um yeah uh respect for trying though no <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so if you knew the person and you knew their background absolutely not now, if it was someone like me that was, like, trying to get something going, yeah, I would be like, I applaud the effort, but not this person. <laughs> not at all. Um, he could probably cut us a check for 20000 You think so? And not sweat it. Oh, I guarantee it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well off. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that's the announcement I was planning on making today. So I guess it is something new. I normally don't have anything new to say, so. Well. That just means we're going to have to get to work on your car to get a race ready. I know. I know. It's a lot of work, but... It is. But... I believe in us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially assuming, like, your dad and I can get all of our stuff put together and maybe... Well, that's going to be priority number one, getting you guys ready to go and uh, and whatnot, and then we could turn our focus on mine. But, like, if we can make it out of the first race, kind of not really have a whole lot to do afterwards. Mm-hmm. We can have all three of us just go into town on your card. It'll be back in no time. Yeah, we are for sure. And yeah. I think if we really <clears throat> wanted to, we could have it almost ready to go in a night. Yeah. It'd be a late night, but yeah, it'd be yeah. night. I got to get some stuff ordered, um, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for this year. I, I, I've been saying, like, I think there's a lot of... I don't know. You know, last... I don't know what episode it was. We were talk, we were shit-talking manifestation. And I was like, I kind of buy into it, but I'm not, like, that big into it. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like a lot of things are starting to maybe go our way. And, like, <clears throat> I can see, like, visions of what I want for us and, and all of this. And it's just, like, I think it could happen in the next couple of years if we really... Just work towards what we want. So I'm excited. I really think this is going to be a turning point year for us. Um, I think we will have a lot of successes between the three of us, I hope, anyway. So I'm excited. I hope. Like I said, I really, like, if I if I end the year and I have won a heat race, mm-hmm. 
I'll be I'll be perfectly. A win's fine. a win in my book. <laughs> so just to know that like I think my the thing the big thing I want to take away from this season is seat time mm-hmm. and learning mm-hmm. how to drive. You know, like they say, if you can drive Mount Lawn, you can drive anywhere. Yep. But I mean, I want to take what I learn at Mount Lawn and how to drive that track and hopefully go to other places and be able to apply it. Yeah. Now I understand it might be a little different on dirt, but if I go to like Shady Bowl or whatever, certain things where I'm like, okay, you know, I need to not mash the brake. I need to be easier on the brake or throttle and throttle control and this, that, and the other. It's a whole learning process. Yep. And... Like I just I want to be able I think I think we should try to take a lot of notes this year. That's something that I've not, thought about doing. But not mental notes. But I mean, yes, yes, put yes, it yes, on yes, paper. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that way we can just keep track of stuff and be like, okay, well, this is what we did here, or I noticed this when I drove this way, or this, that, and the other, and kind of just relay that information to each other and mm-hmm. always have it. So it's like, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. No, I agree. But anyway. Now we can get into the show. The green flag is out, <laughs> and we've been rolling three wide with DJG. All right. Um, we'll kick off today's episode with Talladega post-race. Um, the Arca Talladega. I, oh gosh, this weekend was a, gosh. You know, last week we talked about, I do remember we talked about, like, the anxiety of these races, and it just, like, it. my heart rate definitely went up several times this weekend. So, um the Arca Series kicked off the weekend on Saturday, racing for 76 laps. The race, which only saw four cautions, saw Jesse Love grab the win over his teammate Gustine, Brett Holmes, Andre Perez, Delara, and Sean Corf finished out the top five. Frankie Munez, who finished ninth, now holds the top spot in point standings. Uh, Greg Van Alstu had led the point standing prior to Dega, wrecked out on lap 15 and was scored 32nd. He now sits third, uh, 13 points behind Munez and 10 points behind Jesse Love. I want to say huge congrats. I mean, I, I feel terrible for Greg. Um, I was definitely rooting for him. But um, Frankie Munez, dude, is freaking badass. And, I you know, he's talking, like, leading up to the race, he's like, I dreamed that I was racing here and I won here. He didn't win, but he finished top 10. Uh, he now leads the point standings, and he's talked about wanting to win the championship, and I think he's a threat for the championship this year i honestly don't see why he couldn't as long as he has solid finishes which i think he's had all year i mean they've only ran three races but still i mean it's like he's got a good start to the season if he can hold that momentum he's how a many threat. races do they run in arca you know i don't remember off the top of my head we'll have to, we'll have to look it's at a that. handful but um he's like i said he's had a great start to the season so as long as he can hold that momentum uh i think he's definitely but i think i think we'll see a big change mm-hmm just because two of the races they ran were super speedways. Yeah. So we'll see how he does when he comes to some more technical yeah. racetracks. Well, and I know... Um, now, he has a little bit of a late model background, so I think mm-hmm. he understands. Yeah. But... He doesn't cars, have a lot of experience. Right. These cars are a little different than a late model, so we'll see. Yeah, I know um, he was talking about, uh, or they were talking about... Um, I think Dover is, is a track that he might struggle at because it's a smaller track. Um, so, yeah, we'll absolutely have to see. But, um, I mean, I have confidence in him. He's shown great um, uh, driving skills, and I think that um, as long as he puts in the work, I think I really think he is somebody that's going to be in championship talks. 
I'm excited to watch some of these smaller tracks for these guys because, like, there's names like Jesse Love, Greg Venos, who we've watched in super late models mm-hmm. that are going to get after each other again in Arca <laughs> on yeah. the short track, and you're just going to be like, wow. Yeah. I, I hope it's kind of like the same energy, you know what I mean? Oh, I think it will, I, I especially with a lot of the late model guys who have raced together. I think it's going to be pretty high intensity. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I agree 100%. Um, moving on to the Xfinity Series, uh, they followed the Arca Series on Saturday where Jeb Bush grabbed his second career series win. Jeb Bush. Jeb Burton. Je- <laughs> <laughs> Applaud. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what the what the fuck does Kyle Petty have anything to do? <laughs> Jeb Burton. Not not the Bush. Burton. Jeb Burton grabbed his second career. Jeb Bush. We went from NASCAR <laughs> to politics real quick. Clap. <laughs> um, no, sorry. Let me restart that. Jeb Burton grabbed his second career win and the first for Jordan Anderson racing after two overtime attempts. Um, glad to see Jordan <laughs> is on the up and up from uh, his incident at Talladega uh, last season. That was definitely scary. Um Congratulations to him for getting uh, his first win for the team. Um, Sheldon Creed, Parker Kligerman, Cole Custer, and Brennan Poole rounded out the top five. Custer also won the $100,000 dash for prize, dash for cash bonus with his fourth place finish. The race, which had 10 cautions and two red flags, only saw 19 cars finish. The first red flag came on after the number uh, two of Blaine Perkins got upside down and rolled six times. Very scary crash. Uh, Perkins, who climbed out under his own power, was transported to a local hospital for further treatment. He has since been released. Um, the second red flag came out during the closing laps of the race as Daniel Hamrick also got upside down following a multi-car crash. Uh, Hamrick was able to climb out of the car under his own power and was checked and released from the infield care center. Blaine Perkins's wreck was scary. And the way that they showed it, because it you saw the one car mm-hmm. fly down to the and inside. And that was a hard hit, too. That was a hard hit. And I didn't even know the other I car did, flipped. Yeah, I didn't I had either. no idea. And then they panned over to it. So, like, I watched the car hit the wall, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then they panned over to the car flipping, and I was like, oh, so, shit. Yeah, so when I was watching it, I remember seeing the car uh, damn near head first hit the inside wall, uh, pretty close to the end of the uh, uh, saver barrier. And then you see all these parts flying. I'm like, it didn't come from that car. And I think by the time I saw it, Blaine's car was already on four wheels, but there was, like, it was destroyed. I was like, how the hell did that happen? And then they showed the replay, and I was like, oh. It was a uh, rough ride for sure. Glad he, glad both of them are okay. I also want to know how on earth Kaz Grala hit that tire. I don't know. He's. I know he saw it. I don't know. You had to have. It was like <laughs> it was in your sight for like fifteen seconds. I mean, it was slow mo, so it wasn't fifteen seconds, but it was. I don't know how you didn't see it, or if he thought it was going to bounce and then he could just drive underneath it. Yeah, I didn't miscalculate it. I guess, but. That was scary, too. I mean, that was a lot of damage on his car. Obviously, these tires are heavy, but uh, it was a very uh, scary crash, one of uh, one uh, uh, for the weekend. But, um, like I said, glad that everybody was okay. Um, we'll get into the safety aspect here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, especially about the Xfinity Series, uh, it was announced on Saturday that Greg Van Oss will be making his Xfinity Series debut at Atlanta competing for Alpha Prime Racing. Just want to say huge congrats to him. He deserves it. I'm excited to see what he can do at Atlanta. Small uh, town Indiana boy. <laughs> Hell yeah. I do want to go back real quick. Yeah. I wanted Parker to win that race so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he had to he could have done it. I really thought he could have done it. Uh but obviously the way things fell. And 
Cole Custer won the Dasher Cash, obviously, but he was the last car of the four. Yeah, <laughs> that was still driving. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty good race. I honestly think, in my opinion, I think the Xfinity race may have been a little bit better than the Cup race. I don't know. There were certain aspects of the Cup race that I liked, but well, I just think, which sucks, but overall, I think Xfinity usually puts on better racing. Oh yeah. Um. So, but. That's a story for another time. Yes. Uh, lastly, <coughs> uh, the Cup Series closed out the weekend on Sunday where Kyle Busch got lucky and scored the win following the caution on the last lap of the race. Wallace, who had been leading through three late blocks with the last one resulting in uh, Ryan Blaney spinning him, uh, Wallace, who was scored 20, uh, Wallace was scored 28th and took the blame following the race. Uh, despite the contact, Ryan Blaney finished second, followed by Cole Buescher, Chase Briscoe, and Brad Kozlowski. Uh, the biggest news from the day came after a hard crash involving Ryan Priest and Kyle Larson, which was triggered after contact was made between Ross Chastain and Noah Gregson. Priest, who had moved up high on the track and throttled up, did not see Larson come back up the track, uh, making very hard contact to the right side of his car. The aftermath saw the right side of Kyle, uh, Kyle Larson's cage completely mangled. Uh, Priest's in-car gave a look inside on how violent the wreck was for him as well. Uh, this has since sparked the conversation on the safety of these cars. Uh, NASCAR has also taken possession of both cars, which they will be analyzing. Uh, I don't want to be this guy, but it's Chris Busher. What did I say? Cole. Oh, gosh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It's okay. Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry, my bad. No, it's okay. It's been a long day. I, I didn't want to be that guy, but. No, it's okay. You should have. Um, uh, Chris Busher, my bad. I don't know. Well, okay, I wanted to talk about, because we disagreed on this, uh, the contact between Ross Chastain and Noah Gregson. I think Ross was a bit aggressive. I do, too. Um, and I think he tried to make a hole that wasn't necessarily there. And I want to say, because I know we disagreed, I didn't want to follow up with it in the text, but I personally, I mean, I, I will say, I think Ross did what he had to do. I 100% agree on that. But... I also like to think that if the if you are not further ahead, like if you are not, if your nose is not at that door, I don't think you have the the position. I think he forced his way in, which again I I, I understand, but I think he was just a bit too aggressive too early. Okay, I'll agree with you there. I think I personally think the hole was there, mm-hmm. but at that point in time, I don't think he should have taken it. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand you have Noah Gregson in front of you, who is a rookie in the Cup Series, isn't used to being up front like that. Right. So maybe that was something that was going through his head. But then he had a nose in there, and Noah kept coming down, kept coming down. And obviously being at the front of the pack, you can't just lift right. in that situation. So I think I think there was multiple things from both parties there that contributed mm-hmm. to that. And like you said, I... It was, I think it was a couple laps too early, Mm -hmm. but then on the flip side, what was going through Ross's head? Is it, Hey, I have a rookie in front of me. I don't, I don't know how he's going to handle up here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I definitely think it was a racing incident. I just think it was, um, I think it was just too aggressive at that, at that moment, but, uh, it is Talladega. You're doing everything you can. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I've seen a lot of mixed reactions. A lot of people saying no, like. Noah came down on Ross, which, I mean, yeah, I think Noah did say he just didn't see him there, but a lot of people were also on Noah's side saying, like, well, the hole wasn't there or or whatever. And I Ross mean, definitely made it, I mean, regardless of how you 
laid I, I out. I do want to say though, Noah did a fantastic job up until that point. Like I'm not the saying thirty he, seconds he was up there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was up towards the front for a while. I mean, yeah. he was just hanging out doing his thing. Yeah, I can tell he's very hesitant to push people because mm-hmm. there's a significant, significantly larger gap between him and the car in front of him mm-hmm. and between everybody else. Um. But that that'll come with experience in yeah. the cup car. I mean, um, he he did spin um, Harrison, which yeah. he took blame for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is well, gonna come with. I don't even think he should have took blame for that because they covered that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, maybe it was a little mistimed. But if you watch the replay, they pointed it out that there's a bump right there because yeah, of the tunnel. Because and of the he, tunnel, he just happened. So Harrison hit the bump. It unloaded the rear uh, right about the time Noah touched him. Yeah, and that's what sent him. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I don't think it was Noah's. I don't think Noah. I think it was fault. just fault. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. racing thing. It was un bad timing. Yeah. I mean, it's good intentions, bad timing. Yeah. But obviously, no. I don't think Noah. You're driving 200 miles an hour with the car in front of you. You can't really see what's in front of you. So you weren't, you didn't know where he was. You didn't mm-hmm. know where he was going to hit the thing, right. hit that bump. No, I agree. Yeah. I also want to talk about, I don't know if you have this highlighted on here, but uh, Bubba. Yeah. Getting wrecked at the end. Now, so I saw a lot of Bubba criticism, which mm-hmm. teach your own. I, I mean, okay, I just gave raw shit. But I said, I think, you know, he was doing what he was doing. I just think it was too early. Now, Bubba, I think, was also doing what he needed to do to win that race. Now, you can't throw late blocks. Everybody knows that. And he even acknowledged that. Um, I would not have thrown that block. I think Blaney was obviously there. But Bubba did what he did, and it got him wrecked. Yes. And Bubba's car couldn't handle a push all day. It was very swirly. And And they mentioned that in the broadcast, that his car was very loose up front. Um, him and Ty Gibbs both. Yeah. When they were behind one another and Bubba was pushing Ty Gibbs, I was like, man, I'm like, they're going to stack the whole field. Well, up. and you saw that on the second block, I believe Blaney got up behind him, gave him a push and it got his rear end out. Um, so his car was just not handling it well. Um, but the third block, which obviously was one that got him wrecked, uh, was a very late block. Um, but I'm not going to fault Bubba for that. I mean, he was doing what he was doing and what he had to do and it Bubba's got him wrecked. A really good super speedway racer yeah like it's kind of like <laughs> i mean he was running up there all day I'm gonna, like. I'm gonna compare him to hunter on iRacing. hunter <laughs> hunter lacks a little at every most other tracks but you yeah. put him on a super speedway and he's like yeah i'm up front but you know how they say about super speedways it's not necessarily talent as much as it is just luck yeah but i mean it still takes talent to pick gaps to shoot when lines are when i'm gonna say something contra- i'm gonna say something controversial and I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. A lot of people give Bubba, sh- which you know I've had my criticisms as well. But I don't think they're giving him enough credit on how he is as a driver. I think he's done a lot better this season. Mm-hmm. Like he's actually showing that he has the ability to do stuff. It's just a matter of, um, you know, the situation. I guess again, I think. Most people only have an issue with Bubba was because of the way NASCAR mm-hmm. stuffed him in front of us. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, people are like that with Chase. Yeah, they're tired of seeing Chase this, Chase that, yep. Chase and this, people Chase criticize that. NASCAR's yes. handling of that when he was making his return. So I get it hundred percent. But 
I'm not, you know, I, I don't like half the guys on the, on the, uh, driving list, but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to talk down on their skills. If they're good, they're good. Yeah. As much as I hate them. I mean, at the end of the day, he's racing a cup car and I'm not, so I can't criticize too much. You know what I mean? Like he could come down here and absolutely tear up how I drive because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Right. I kind of want to backtrack though on Ross Chastain. I definitely, you know. I like Ross. I think he's done a lot of stupid shit, but I don't necessarily want to blame him for what happened between him and Noah, but I just want to say again that I just think it was a little early and too aggressive for the time of that for the timing that it happened. But again, I get it. Going for the win at Talladega, I would I would probably have done the same thing and not not thought a second about it. A lot of people are complaining about the two wide racing too instead of it being three wide. There were times that they went three wide. There was, but, you know, the momentum just wasn't there half the time. Well, I think it, I don't know if it was Ryan Blaney that was discussing why that was even a possibility. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because typically, if you had a third lane like that, with especially with these cars, it's just not there. Yep. But because this turned into a fuel-saving race and Ryan Blaney was lifting and stuff to, you know, stay close to the guy behind him instead of getting out too far... That allowed the outside line to just be full throttle the whole time and keep the momentum up with the other two lines. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that there was times where the line was there, and I'm like, oh, they're coming. And then within a lap, it was gone. Yep. It totally disappeared. Yep. Uh, I also want to say, Eric Almarola is a really good pusher. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was some times I'm like, bro, I'm like, stop <laughs> pushing him. You're too far ahead of everybody. Right. <clears throat> but, man. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that, too. Um, I, 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 okay, we got off track. I want to go back to the safety of these cars. Uh, what happened between Larson and Priest sparked a lot of conversation. Um, I was at work while I was writing these notes, looking up very similar, trying to find crashes that might have been similar. I looked up, I was trying to look up, uh, in car cameras of drivers being thrown around in their seats. I found a couple, they were nowhere close, but Ryan Priest moved around a lot in that car. He hit uh, so hard his hit, visor came up. He hit the helmet. steering wheel with his helmet. Oh, he did? Yes, it looked like it. So I'm going to say he did. Um, and if he didn't, it was very close. It, it was just a very violent wreck for both of them. Um, I mean. But that's concerning how much he moved. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there was someone in like I don't know if it was someone who actually knows what they were talking about or just kind of talking out of their butt. Mm-hmm. But it made sense. Belts stretch. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of times with sprint car drivers, he said, I would tell people, because he ran tech or something like that, mm-hmm. he said, I would tell people to tighten your belts so tight that you can almost, like, that you can't move mm-hmm. because they stretch. Yeah. And that's a prime example. I mean, even in the in car, you hear Ryan Priest throttled up because he's like, he thought he could miss it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Larson just shot up the track. And at that point, there's nothing you could do. He was still going pretty fast yeah and i mean like to the fact that he hit so hard his visor on his helmet flipped up mm-hmm. and i mean just the look on his face after he hit he was like son of a bitch that hurt yeah um thankfully they are both okay mm-hmm. but i am 100 percent confident that if that was larson's driver's side backing if he was backing up the track larson would probably be dead oh yeah it, it- if not very seriously injured. Very seriously injured. Um, like worse than Ryan Newman's accident injured. Yeah. Um, I will say, I want to I make a couple points here. One, uh, 
Priest did an interview, I believe it was today, and said that he had a conversation with Harvick, and Harvick suggested, let's look at your belts and see what needs to be done about that, because that is concerning. Number two, following the wreck on Sunday, Larson had an interview after he left the infield care center and said, you know, I'm very lucky that nothing inside the car got me. Because it, he said uh, it, the cockpit is a mess. Yes. I Obviously, everybody has seen the pictures by now. Um, the entire, like I said, the entire right side of his cage was mangled. Um, and, you know, I was doing, like I said, I was doing some research to try to find some similar crashes. And I found an article, and I don't remember which publication, so I apologize. But they said, you know, they did some research and couldn't find any wrecks very that were similar. They found one, and that was Xfinity at Daytona a few years ago. I don't remember when. <clears throat> but um, it was Creed and Joe Graff Jr., very similar accident as close as you can get and creed's right side was mangled just as uh, i mean the, the you could tell that it was pushed in but what i wanted to look at was did the cage fail like this and you can't find any pictures of creed's car which is interesting but i wanted to know if the cage failed as much as larson's did because it looked like larson's cage failed well which I'll, is very concerning obviously when you wreck like that you're gonna have you know, the bars pushed in, You're, you might have them mangled just as much. But, I mean, it looked like, and I think a lot of people were saying that welds were broken, which yeah. is kind of concerning. Well, I want to make another point. Was it last year at Tallahassee? It was an Xfinity car. Basically got stuck in the fence. Like, it hit the fence mm-hmm. going 200 miles an hour and completely destroyed the By car. By Snyder. But you know what wasn't screwed up? Mm-hmm. The cage. Yeah. Now, I know he didn't get blindsided mm-hmm. by another vehicle, but you're also going... 200 almost 200 miles an hour mm-hmm. to a fence getting caught by like your the body of the car got ripped off by a fence mm-hmm. like it messed up the catch fence i believe mm-hmm. yeah so i mean like there are situations like that where i mean maybe it's not the same amount of forces mm-hmm. or you know it wasn't mm-hmm. a strong impact but you're also going from 200 to stop yeah so i mean momentum and like stress on welds and fasteners or whatnot uh, you know and like i don't know i just feel like something like that yes they hit extremely hard Mm -hmm. but i still don't think that that cage should have should ever get mangled that bad Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to sit here and act like i know what the hell i'm talking about because i don't know anything about anything but i agree i think it, it is a bit concerning and you know i was sitting at work today at lunch and i was just thinking i was like you know thinking back to the beginning of this uh, of the season when the next gen was first introduced and they were talking about doing the crash testing and then there were rumors coming out that the crash this time he's died and nascar denying it i'm like maybe that was true it very well maybe i always believed that these cars were unsafe and i always kind of bought into the theory that the crash test dummies died and after <laughs> seeing what i saw on sunday i'm very concerned i mean Go back to when uh, Kurt Busch got his concussion. These, we knew, we've been knew that these cars are very rigid. And, uh, can, I mean, you know, even talking about, like, you know, these cars hold up so much better than the last cars. Yes, because the idea, and I, I thought this in my head at work, the idea of having cars that can withstand, wreck, withstand wrecks like that and have minimal damage is a great theory on paper. But when you apply it to the real world, you think about, okay, well, these cars withstand these hits, which is great, but who's taking the force of that? And it's always been the drivers. Million-dollar idea, one-dollar execution. 
Absolutely. But I also want to note that they said that they were going to try to recreate this. I hope they do, and I really wish that they would. I I 100% agree, but they shouldn't have to recreate it. I feel like that's a pretty simple um, possible situation that should have been handled during the initial Uh, testing. That that I agree with. And so uh, I, I wanted to say, yes, I agree. I hope that they recreate it. I hope that, and I highly doubt this, but I hope that they release the information. I highly doubt it. Um, that'll stay internal, but I agree with you. This should have been tested when the car was first designed. Now, we also talked the initial... Could, because, uh, sorry, I just no, want to okay. say, like you were saying, side impacts like this are not uncommon. No. And I mean, I feel like that should be tested to like the worst case scenario. Like, full throttle, 200 miles an hour, coming up the track, boom. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I know that they originally, they pushed back the release of the next-gen car. Mm-hmm. But I still think it was rushed. I agree. And I think when it comes to people's safety... Every single possibility that they could come up with should have been tested. Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry if you have to delay the release of the next-gen car another year, two years. So be it. At least your drivers aren't getting hurt and complaining or basically are fearing for their life every time they get in the car. Yep. And, <clears throat> well, first of all, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. Um. But, yeah, I agree 100%. You know, drivers still are concerned. Oh, I was going to say, if I was a driver, there is no way in hell you couldn't pay me enough to step foot in one of those cars. I would not do it. And I also want to say, I, I, I found it, um, is that I'm shocked by how much NASCAR has taken a step back in safety, it seems like. Those, the, the, the previous cars seemed safe as hell. And then you get this new car, and it's supposed to be safe and more efficient and all this blah, 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 blah. Uh, and they haven't been. That's concerning to me. I know one thing about these cars that is better than the previous is they don't want to flip. Yeah. The air doesn't get underneath them. That is one positive I can take from this car. Yeah. But, I'm okay, so I'm going to compare NASCAR to my work. You know, on the shade side, it's just window shades, right? Nothing insanely spectacular, but you have... Possible big, heavy steel rollers with fabric hanging above your head. Mm-hmm. So when we release new products or do revisions to components, we do life cycle testing. Very rigorous testing. We add like the most amount of weight to increase the torque on the motor, this, that, and the other. Do Every worst case scenario. And if the testing brings up errors that would push back the release date we push back the release date no it's not ideal but it beats us selling a product that's dropping 12 foot long steel rollers on people's heads because a part fails yep so why are we rushing or at least i feel like why are we rushing the release of a race car that people are going 200 miles an hour in and it's hurting people yep i'm sorry but that's bad business. Oh, absolutely. Uh, NASCAR has been in the business of bad business for a while. And, you know, we're starting to see, I mean, drivers have been vocal, but it's also like, it seems like it's died down a little bit. Um, you know, team owners recently just boycotted a meeting with NASCAR. I really want somebody in that circle to start demanding that NASCAR uh, uh, talk. Yeah. I think NASCAR has a lot of explaining to do 
about a lot of things, and I wish people would put more pressure on them to do so. Because I I agree with you 100%. I think this car has been rushed, and, you know, uh, we're very lucky to not have seen somebody die yet, but I'm not convinced well, that we won't see somebody get seriously hurt. I mean... Or worse. AJ said, he's like, I don't think NASCAR is going to be satisfied until they kill somebody. Yeah. Which sounds bad, but that's the way things seem right now. And it's just like, why, why? That's well. I was thinking about that today too. I don't necessarily know if I buy into that theory um, or thought process. I don't think they'll be satisfied per se, but I think they'll get a lot of sympathy if that were to happen. God forbid. But I, I don't think. I, I, I don't. Word, I no. But I don't <laughs> think that they will. It, they will not do anything about this until somebody is killed. And then they'll finally, I mean, look at how long it it took two drivers to get concussions before they finally said, okay, we're going to revise the rear end of these cars. One is too many. Exactly. And that driver, Kurt Busch, is still not fully recovered as far as I know. No. So, uh, yeah, it is very concerning. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's not a good look. I want to know what the conclusions are from the testing that they're going to do recreating that wreck with Larson and Priest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, and I think it was Bob that tweeted, you know, he doesn't think that it'll be made public. It'll stay internal, which I guarantee it. Um, but the only outcome from this, he believes might be rule changes, but it's like, is that good enough? How's a rule change going to fix that? How they build the cages? I don't know. And it's just like, these are supposed to be very safe cars. And, I'm not convinced that they are all that safe. No. Um, so I don't know. It's it's ridiculous, I think. They look good, but it's a death trap on wheels. Yeah, and we got lucky Sunday because I agree with you 100% if it was the driver's side. I, we're very lucky that it wasn't worse than what it was because, I mean, that cage failed. And so, you know, what would have happened if the stars did align and it, it went further? The car, you know, Priest's car penetrated further into Larson's car. Those bars did catch Larson. Somehow. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if Priest hadn't even slowed down? Yeah. What if it was just there was no time to react and Priest was still mm-hmm. in the gas? I mean, he throttled up, obviously, but he still wasn't full speed. Yeah. So what happens if he was full speed? And, you know, I, I know I, I'm not even going to get into that. I just know that, you know, NASCAR has NASCAR has invested so much money into R and D, and I think they have made great strides in, in the in the focus of safety. But it's also like, like hell, you know. I saw somebody I don't even remember who on Twitter talking about like, you know, like the short track guys basically need to shut up about this because they've you know been involved in this. And I'm like, I've seen late models withstand accidents that could have easily been fatal. And it's like, yeah, you're not going as fast as Cup cars, but, but still, I mean, for example, when we went to Bristol. That car spun out out of three or out of four, and the guy that was running with him, no spotter, had no idea the car was there. Mm-hmm. And obviously at Bristol, the turn is so tight and banked that you can't see anything. You are literally staring at pavement in front of you while you're in the corner because like that's just how it is. So you come out of the turn, and all of a sudden there's a car sitting sideways in front of you. You can't do anything. And he blasted the dude yeah, and trashed. Two cars. Yeah. And, and like, you but know, guess what? Yeah. The guy that was sitting, was a sitting duck that got nailed, got in his backup car and went out and raced. 
Yeah, and like I've seen, I, we sh- I've shared pictures on Facebook of late models that have hit the wall nearly head on, and things like that. And the front end of the car is gone; it's flat into ca- the wall, right? But their cages look like they held up pretty well. And it's like, yes, I know it's not the exact same because cup cars are going two hundred miles an hour down Talladega, but still, it's like surely God, there's some you could take some things away. What about uh, that truck race at Five Flags? Was it last year? Guy yeah. got right hooked into the wall and. End up smacking the wall pretty good. He was flipping or whatever. I mean, I mean, for the most part, that cage held up. Again, they're not carrying the same amount of speeds, but still, it's like they're ugh. probably not putting as much money into their roll cages. And like, I guarantee you, a a roll cage in a truck or a super late model isn't supposed to be as strong as that in a cup car. You would think that cup cars would be stronger built. Now, I could be very wrong here. Oh, I, I'm sure we probably are, and whatnot but i i I just want to say that like i have seen cages and in late models and trucks and things like that like the xfinity cars seem to have have held up better in the past than than these no cup cars so i don't know i think there's a lot to look at i think nascar does need to make some comments about it uh i hope that they do publicize the findings because i think they should let people i mean i don't know it's like what, what are you hiding what are you worried about because I mean, if your studies come back conclusive that like these cars are safe and it was just a one-off incident, of course there's always going to be failures. You can't get everything perfect, but like that's a big, that's like, a life-threatening failure. That's yeah, exactly. So okay, say this was a one-off situation. It happened though, so yeah. how can you prevent this from happening again in the future? And that's exactly the whole principle of engineering. I know because I took a class at Ivy Tech. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. It's, it's it's very, like, it's not going to happen a lot, but it will happen. And, and and like I said, we've said, side impacts are not uncommon. They're not. So it's like, I, I definitely think we got lucky. NASCAR's gotten lucky. Drivers have gotten lucky. But I think that luck is going to run out eventually. It's got to. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Next race is at Dover. I'm kind of excited for this. I like I Dover. I am too. Um, so we have on Friday the ARCA. ARCA race is at 5.30. It will be on Flow. The Xfinity Series race is Saturday at 1.30 on FS1. And the Cup race is on Sunday at 2 on FS1. <clears throat> um, you also have a note here that says the ratings were equal to last year for yep. this race. And I, I saw that today. Um, and Eric... Uh, believes that chase played a part in it they just don't know how much i don't know uh don't have a thought on that but it is good to see that ratings have it dipped there was a podcast and i i forget which one it was but it's the one that's got it's not i don't think it's denny's is it but it's got like bubba wallace's spotter on it door bumper clear and they were talking about who's your top three or whatever and he said something about chase and they're like well what has chase done like, why is he in the spotlight? And why am I like, well, one, like, he's very, like, marketable. Yes. He's very popular. And that's why he's popular. He comes he's from a marketable. racing dynasty. Comes from a racing background. Um, Not to mention, he's won a championship. And he came his second race back from being having a broken leg. He won a stage and almost won the second stage. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think Chase is more of one of the realer drivers. He doesn't put up a front. He's very but, right himself, and he will tell you how it is. I just don't get how you're going to sit there and be like, well, what has Chase Elliott done? 
He won a championship. Yeah. Obviously, he he's talented. Yeah, and he might be a Nepo baby, which we've had that conversation before, but damn it, he's proven himself. He, he has, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I, that's an L take. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> that's an L take. Great break. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I disagree wholeheartedly on that. Um, yeah, disagree. All right. I'll let you take this topic because you, yes. you brought it up. I didn't get to listen to it. I had to watch it with the captions, but I think this is an awesome concept. So Denny's approach to it is slightly different. It's the same concept, but slightly different. Um, so a while ago, I mentioned something about the playoff format in NASCAR. A lot of people think it's broken. It's very confusing, difficult, uh, because you have stage points, you have playoff points. Do you agree with that? Because I, <laughs> you sent me the TikTok, and I went to read the comments, because I always do, and I saw that your comment was the very first one to pop up, and you're kind of getting into a disagreement with somebody. But he made that point, that it is confusing. What's your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't know. Because, yes, maybe it is a little difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think so. I think for someone who doesn't really watch racing isn't a frequent flyer yeah when it comes to racing yes yeah but when you break it down and actually look at things and like they they lay it out for you whenever they show points i mean mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's who has the most points right yeah and i was waiting for him i was really hoping he would make the point along the lines of well so and so won dominated all season and then didn't win the championship Mm -hmm. and i was gonna go straight into okay well an nfl team could have a perfect regular season but that doesn't guarantee them a super bowl i think when i checked he did make that point oh i didn't see it that there have been drivers who have dominated the season not win it's like yeah that's racing that that's anything that's that yeah that there have been teams in college basketball that have a perfect regular season and don't win the college the national tournament purdue i mean it's just part of it yeah right but I I don't necessarily think it's difficult, but I could see I see where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. However, my point here was so basically you get rid of that whole playoff format. Mm-hmm. You still have your stage points. Um, well, we'll just stick with stage points for now. Okay, but you have your top thirty-two in points at the end of the season. You are seeded based on points given based off of your finishing position in races. Stage points are a separate category. So you are the drivers have incentives to get the stage points because at the end of the regular season or whatever, the driver with the most stage points gets this, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like its own little thing. The top 32 drivers in points that are given based off their finishing position each race um, you turn it into like a March Madness bracket. And moving forward, it's just uh, basically one-on-ones. So it's the top-seated driver versus 32, second versus 31, so on and so forth. And whoever finishes higher out of those, out of those, all of those races, so you're, whoever you're against, if you finish higher than them, you move on. And it turns into a whole bracket system until you get down to two people. And whoever finishes the best in that last race out of those two people wins the championship. That dumbs it down quite a bit. It's not based off points, not that would, you know, and Denny makes this point, what I'm getting ready to bring up. 
So I'm going to leave my conversation there with the playoff. Denny thinks that, he said, NASCAR should absolutely be killing it in ratings during the summer months. Mm -hmm. So what they should do is have the same 32 spots over, what, 10 weeks? Yeah. And the drivers would go head-to-head. They are seated based on their point standings at week 10. So then, same concept. Whoever wins out of those two drivers, per whichever matchup, moves on. Um, so it would go 32-16-8-4-2. Uh, he said drivers would be wildly competitive because it forces people to change strategy. Yes, obviously you want to run the race because there's incentives for winning a race. Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, it's it survive in advance. Literally a March Madness term, survive in advance. Yep. So you change your whole strategy around because, hey, we're not going for the win technically. We're just trying to, move we're just trying to get past this guy. We yep. need to finish ahead of him. So it's a lot of changing on the fly. Yep. Now, you know, there's going to be situations where people get wrecked out. Well, then, okay, do whatever the hell you want. You've already advanced. So now I see where that could cause a lot of problems. And later, you know, mm-hmm. say it's the championship two and one guy gets – one of the two gets wrecked out on the first lap, then what? Yeah. So I see where that could kind of cause some issues, but, I mean, there's obviously some fine-tuning that could be done, too. Well, and then I could argue, too, though, like, we have the the final four. What if they all wrecked out? I mean, it would just revert back to the overall points, mm-hmm. as far as I know. So it's like there there is a risk there where, you know, you have three guys wreck out in the final four. It's just part of it. But, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of fine-tuning but, that could be done. Yeah. And so, you know, Denny thinks it would create great storylines. Which would. NASCAR is thriving for. Yeah. And so, like, I I saw this. I saw Denny say this earlier, and I instantly texted <laughs> AJ and Dakota. I'm like, I said this months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think it's a great outlook on it. And I think a lot of people were saying, well, we don't need this on top of the playoff point thing because yeah. it's just gimmicks. Yep. And that's why I'm like, okay, well, what if you just replace the playoff point system with this bracket system, and then your stage points, that becomes its own competition itself. And then your seedings just finish well in the first. Because, I mean, the seedings would be determined based on how many points you have. Playoff points would go into that that total. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I I really don't see much changing there. Playoff points wouldn't matter. No, stage points. Well, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Like your stage points would go into your overall point standings. You could do that. I was just thinking stage points are totally separate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, are yeah. only rewarded points for seeding based off of where you finish the race. Yeah. So stage points are totally separate, not correlated to your seeding points whatsoever. Oh, so you think there should be like two awards or yeah, something? Yeah, so like like I said, Whoever has the most stage points wins or gets this, mm-hmm. some sort of incentive. And then, so that encourages people, hey, we still want to win stages during the regular season because there's incentives for it, right? Mm-hmm. But then we also want to have a good seeding, so we want to finish the race well. Yeah. So then during the regular season, it's normal racing, right? And then you get to the playoffs, and I like I, I like partially how the playoffs are now. Because it's very technical. It's like, okay, well, this driver needs to pass eight more people. Yeah. And I'm like, it's super, like, it's very strategic, I think. Well, and that was the point I wanted to make, too, is, like, look at the playoffs now where, you know, it is very technical like that. You have to do the math on the fly of, okay, well, how many people do we have to pass? Who do we have to pass? 
that's intense as it is. The racing and is very intense then. That causes so, people like Roush Chastain to do Roush Chastain. <laughs> <to> do dumb- <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but the racing can get intense at times now because you have to pass so-and-so. Imagine that would amplify if we had this system. And I think that uh, would make the racing a lot better. I agree with that 100%. I think this concept makes that argument mm-hmm. that this needs to be something that they need to try. I also think it'd be cool to see some of the extreme underdogs advance throughout the playoffs mm-hmm. because some of these guys just don't ever get the opportunity. Right. Yeah. So now you have 32 drivers and it very well could if number one seed gets wrecked out and the number 32 seed doesn't, he advances to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes it super like it gives everybody, I think a pretty fair, a more fair chance. Yeah. I guess I'm and, not, and I'm not all about participation trophies or whatever. But but that that was the whole gimmick with these cars is that you know people are going to be on a more even playing field. All right, well let's put the money where the mouth is. I agree. Uh, you know, you both made the point. You and Denny both made the point that you know strategy. I mean, strategy play, strategy does play a huge part now. But this, he said, uh, and I quote. Uh, Teams would have to change their strategies during races in order to beat whoever they are racing against to move on to the next round. They do that now. But imagine racing against so-and-so, whoever you want to put up. You know, you have to change your strategy to get around them and to beat them. Your pit strategy is going to be different. So we're going to put, like, Joey Logano up against, I don't know. Who, literally, Harrison Burton. Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson versus Joey Logano. Okay. Joey Logano wrecks out of the race. Noah Gregson automatically advances to the next round because he finishes higher than him. Yeah. So then it's like, I don't know. I think it just opens up so many I think possibilities. It, I, I think for it would be racing. cool. And I will say, you know, a lot of people are pissed about the gimmicks now. Why not add another one? Why not try this out? Because I guarantee you the racing would be better. The storylines, I agree 100%, would be better. And that's what NASCAR wants is to have the storylines. There you go. You got them. I think it might bring more. I think that would be a good idea to bring more attention to NASCAR overall. And here's my thing. At this point, what do they have to lose? Exactly. The ratings are already down. <laughs> so if you add a yep. little bit more of a competitive edge to it during the regular season, like, yeah, obviously everybody wants to win. But if you're just randomly, hey, I have to beat this guy this week. Yeah. It's just a matter of I have to finish better. And we've seen times where, you know, like you said, the the underdogs have finished better than the the big name drivers like well for example was it I, maybe it was last year at Daytona or something one of the super speedways where it was like Cody Ware and all these because everybody else wrecked out yeah. so they were all that was left yep uh, I was thinking like Toddy G yeah you know has finished better than some of the other big name guy drivers if he was racing against one of them boom he moves on I think it would be great racing I think it would be great racing I think the storylines would be better I and like I said I think that would be a great step in a, in a, in a new direction for NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I will say that. And, like, I don't know. I I just think that there's opportunities that you have to take advantage of or at least attempt to take advantage of. If it doesn't, you try it out one year. If it doesn't work, boom, idea's yeah. gone. At least you could say we tried. Yeah. And that's kind of like the, the thought I have, too. Like, I was telling people at work, I hate people that are so stuck in their ways that they're not willing to try new things. It's like, look at what you're potentially missing out on. Your opportunity cost is a huge thing. Like, opportunity cost to me is huge. Like, I always look at what am I missing? What could I miss out on if I don't do this, if I don't do that? I agree. 
if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You could say you tried it. Yeah. You have nothing to lose. Literally. Might need- as well might as well try it now while nobody's watching. A notebook of ideas. <laughs> this one didn't work. Next one. This one didn't work. Next one. Or this kind of worked. How can we make it better? Yeah. And and Denny said, you know, he said something along the lines of um uh as drivers, this would be more wildly competitive. He's got a foot. I mean, he's with other drivers. I'm sure he's had these conversations. So it's like, I wonder how many other drivers are thinking, yeah, we need to change something or yeah, I'm down to try something new. I mean, it's just something fun to do in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Uh, but not to switch gears. Have you seen any of the memes uh, with Larry Mack because they shut his mic <laughs> on the audio issue? I saw the, t- <laughs> I saw the TikToks and yeah, I did. I think they're funny. I just wanted to make a note of that. Um, Anyway, moving on. Uh, Following last week's race at Martinsville, Austin Dillon's car was taken to the R&D Center where NASCAR discovered illegal underwing mounting uh, and assembly hardware. Dillon was docked 60 points, 5 playoff points. His crew chief was fined $75,000 as suspended for two races. RCR has announced that they will be appealing these penalties. So. I don't have any input on them. No it comment. Is what it, is. Yep. it is what it is. Exactly. Uh, the SRX series has announced their broadcast lineup. Alan Bestwick will provide play-by-play. Matt Yoakum will serve as their lead pit reporter. Joey Logano, Daryl Waltrip, and Connor Daly will serve as driver analysts. And those races are going to be televised on ESPN. I'm excited. I am too. I will, I want to see what Connor Daly does as a driver analyst. Because you really don't hear a whole lot from Connor Daly. He just races and... Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of. I think he'll, it's going to be interesting to hear from like two guys that have been in NASCAR, and one guy that has ran NASCAR but is more familiar, in my opinion, with IndyCar. But I mean, you also have guys that run SRX that are more familiar with the IndyCar yeah, side of things. Yeah, so, for sure. I think, I think the, the driver pool is is very. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, anyway, yeah, a, a big diverse. Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking but, for. I mean, I like Joey in the booth. Yeah, he's really good, and I love Connor's personality. So I think I think. I think he'll work. I yeah. think it'll oh, work for, for sure. sure. I agree. Um, moving on to the Cars Tour at Hickory. Uh, the Cars Tour saw 29 cars take the green flag for their 100-lap feature at Hickory, where Carson Quapel scored the win for Junior Motorsports, Connor Hall, Caden Honeycutt, Chad McCombie, and... Uh, Deke McCaskill. Thank you. Run it out the top five. Uh, the LMS, LMS C Tour had to narrow down a 41-car entry list down to 32, utilizing a last chance qualifier. Mike Hopkins grabbed the win, followed by Brent Cruz, Connor Zil, uh, Zilzak, Zilish, oh, gosh, <laughs> Matt Craig, and Dawson Sutton. Goodness gracious. So can we talk about the video I sent you and AJ? Which one? From this race. I don't think I watched it. Hold on. Yes, you did. Did I? Because I texted you guys and said, watch that Snapchat I sent you. It was the car hitting the pit bear. The oh, pit wall. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was scary. I, I forget who it was. It was a female. She's really good. She's sponsored by Yahoo. But uh, uh, she was fighting for the lead, and I don't know what happened. Just came off the corner, and I don't know if her and the other guy made contact or what, but her car just went left, mm-hmm. and it was heading straight for the pit road wall, right? Well, it was just those big concrete section barriers, <clears throat> and there was a photographer sitting there, and I mean the car's coming right at the photographer. Mm-hmm. And they try to jump out of the way at the last second, but the car hits the wall so hard, it pushes the barrier. I mean, launches the barrier at the photographer. And 
literally takes the photographer's legs out from underneath them and they hit the hit the ground in front of it. And I was I thought they died because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I honestly thought they smacked their head on the ground. Yeah, like I thought it was face plant into the ground. I'm like they're dead. Yeah, it was scary because that was a hard hit and it all happened so fast. Yeah. So uh, thankfully they're all right. The driver right? was okay. The photographer was said to be okay, but they did take the photographer to an offsite location to be mm-hmm. further evaluated. So I do believe everything is okay there. Could have been way worse. Thankfully it was. Yeah, that's scary. I yeah I do remember seeing that. Now I I gasped. I was like that's crazy yeah because i was sitting there watching it with shalina's brother and i was like oh my god you watched it live yeah damn i watched it and i was like oh my god and <laughs> shalina was in the bedroom and i was like she's like what i was like someone might have just died yeah and dylan didn't even see it whenever it first happened he was talking about the car and i rewinded it. i said watch right here yeah and i mean it just happened so fast i actually have the video well i was gonna say when uh uh when ryan newman had his wreck hunter and bailey were in the living room yeah. It's, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, when Ryan Newman had his wreck at Daytona, Hunter and Bailey were oblivious to it. And I was like freaking out. I started crying. And they're like, what? I was like, I think he's dead. And I had to rewind it and show them. And they were like, oh. But yeah, that that's scary. I'm glad. Hopefully they're all okay. And I, I hope they are. And I'm glad I, they are. But I would have just laid there. I wouldn't have even bothered to get up at that point. I would have been like, ouch. I, w- I don't. I would hope I'd pass out <laughs> so I don't remember it. Gosh. Um, that was nasty. Yeah. Uh, high Limit Racing uh, will be competing tonight at 34 Raceway. Hot laps are scheduled for 6 p.m. Heat races are scheduled to begin at 7.05. And the A feature is scheduled to take the green flag at 9 p.m. You can catch all the action on Flow Racing. But by the time you hear this, it's already passed. I don't know why we do that. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about? I'm like, well, by the time we well, do it's it. already passed. It is 8 o'clock. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, the last topic I want to t- talk about, I was very hesitant to talk about. I didn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, to be honest with you, but I snapped you and I was like, I want to talk about this, but I'm not hundred percent sure. And you're like, might as well. So we're going to talk about it, but we're going to get a lot. I, I, so the reason why I didn't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole was because I don't want to face any backlog. Not that anybody listens, which maybe sometimes is a good thing because we talk a lot, about a lot of stuff that could probably get us in trouble. But, uh, I've seen on Twitter that a lot of people, were very defensive about about this and was basically shooting down any criticism. So I I don't think we'll get in trouble. And this is because so we're going to talk about Cletus McFarland's event, the Danger Ranger thing that they had on Bristol Dirt, right? Yeah. Uh, I believe Cletus. I could be wrong. I may have just dreamt this, but I feel like I read somewhere Cletus said, "Needless to say, this will be the last Danger Ranger event." On that dirt. did happen. He said we hosted the first and last Danger Ranger on Dirt. So I think he's aware. Yes. But, I mean, it's not much different than what happened last year in the Crown Vicks. I mean, Haley Deegan almost got seriously hurt because they don't put full cages in these cars. Yes. I want to make that point. I want to read some of this stuff, too. So, I'll give you the background on the event. It was held on Saturday. Uh, They had 30 Rangers racing for 50 laps. At the end of the day, there were eight trucks that flipped. (laughs) Eight trucks that flipped. Um now, that's going to happen. That's racing. Okay. So I saw somebody that we are friends with on the Facebook. We've actually talked to him on this show, but I won't say who. Made a comment about it. Made a post about it and said that Cletus is going to get somebody hurt. And he's surprised that nobody's been hurt yet. Okay. Allegedly, there was somebody who responded in the comments. Allegedly, this person went to the Freedom Factory with a NASCAR driver. Again, I will not say who. 
on air. Okay. They said that uh, they went down to the Freedom Factory with this NASCAR driver and, in quotes, and I quote, spent half the day removing, uh, remounting bolts, securing the nitrous bottle, and bolting uh, everything. He then said, at the beginning of that comment, he said, dude, they are so bad. And then said in a, another comment, another response, that there's a reason we haven't participated in the past year and a half. Not going to get into all the details, but just didn't want to push the luck after two incident-free events. Okay. Somebody else in that comment thread uh, claimed that they had put all new cages in the Vicks last race and put full cages in the Rangers that him and his guys brought. Everybody else brought their own Rangers. They believed that they had, in quotes, much more safe, uh, much more serious safety rules than before. I want to counter that point because these ca- these cages and these trucks looked pretty bare. Now, if that's true, that these dri- these drivers brought their own trucks and they had different cages in the trucks than Cletus and his guys, I think that's a problem. You need to have all the same uh, caging specs in all the cars. Um, regardless, the point that I wanted to make, because you brought up the Crown Vic race where Deegan, Deegan's seat was literally like ripped out of the cage and was moved, okay? My thought on that is Cletus made a, a YouTube video saying that he, you know, they were lucky and... They're taking safety seriously, and they're not quite sure how to make changes, and that, you know, if they find a way to make changes, they would, so on and so forth. I think it's ridiculous to to make a video following an event like that and say, you know, we take safety seriously, we're going to make changes, all this stuff, and uh, it doesn't seem like anything changed, in my opinion, and they got very lucky Saturday because... Um, you know, the, the, the other flips did not look that bad. Those cages obviously held up. But the wreck that I'm referring to was, you know, a truck came back up the, the track. The first lap. <laughs> yeah, on the first lap, a truck came back up on the track, uh, and another truck basically jumped it. So then that truck was, like, crushed pretty bad. And it's just like, I, again, <laughs> just as much as the next gens, I would not step foot in one of these trucks. You know, our cages are better than that. And it's like... You know, when they took the Crown Vicks to Bristol, I was excited. I thought that was cool. And then I saw the cages. I was like, no, that's dumb. Um, you know, because they're nothing I put like, about 12 more bars in this roll cage there, to consider. There's nothing close to what our cages are, which is, you know, like how they had, uh, you know, the compacts there and their cages were better. It's like, this is what their cages look like. I'm going to draw a picture. You won't be able to see it. But like, from what I saw, it's like they had a bar here, a bar here. They had a hoop and then they had like. I think he said they had like four bars in the door, whatever. And then like the passenger side bars, it was just a basic. So, I mean, that's all it was, but I'm like, (laughs) they didn't look all that safe to me. And then you have somebody who allegedly went down to freedom factory with a NASCAR driver, a pretty big name NASCAR driver, by the way, and said, you know, we spent all day remounting shit because we didn't like how it was on the first time. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm glad that this is the first and last. I, I mean, I shouldn't say that because I think, the idea is awesome, but like you have got to put time and effort into the safety. And I especially just don't think if we're going to keep enough. getting some of these names to go. Yeah. Because, um, you know, after so many times NASCAR teams and so on and so forth, aren't going to let their drivers go because yep. of instances like this. And that's why I don't think we'll ever see Deegan go back <laughs> to one of these events, which is unfortunate because again, I like the idea of them. But, like, I would never sign off on my driver doing this. It's just crazy. And, like, 
I this is one of those things where if a driver got hurt doing, you have full right to be mad. Yes. That they got hurt doing something. Sure. That wasn't their job. <clears throat> I just think it's crazy how, you know, big these events are because these are big events and I'm glad that they are big for Cletus, but like it's reckless to not especially like after you say like, well, you know, if we can find ways to make change, we obviously will. We take safety seriously. And it's just like you throw in a like a cage that you can order offline. It's just like, is that Here, enough? Here's my thing. They drag race, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that in drag cars, roll cages are a little less than what we have, right? Kind of like what they had set up in the Crown Vicks and the Rangers. I don't think it's full-on cages like us. I think it's literally, it mainly just encompasses the driver, and that's that's the main thing. When you say, I... I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. I, I don't know. Depending I, on I've what, never really paid much attention. I mean, even street outlaws have better cages than what they had in those Crown Vicks. And I think that's more what Cletus does. Now, if that's his if that's the roll cage he runs in his car, more power to you. I wouldn't. But I, I, I don't... I, th- I disagree. I think that the cage that he has in his drag car, I haven't seen it. Probably should have looked it up because he has videos of his drag car, I'm sure, are probably a little bit more beefier than what he had in the Crown Vicks and the Rangers. Right. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think that this could be a good thing for him, and they've definitely gotten lucky, you know, but I just think you got to put more emphasis on safety and, and uh, I, I don't know. Because I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with it, but I wouldn't do it. I will say, though, again, I, I just want to reiterate that um, – I'm not hating on Cletus, and I'm I, I'm not trying to like sound like one of those people that are like criticizing, but I am because it's like you make a video after Deegan's wreck, and you know you talk about safety and all this other stuff, and then I mean you guys got lucky Saturday, and I know you know that, so um, I think what you're doing is great, but I also want to make a point, not that this really changes anything, but I think there's a difference between the cages in the cars or trucks. That they supply versus mm-hmm. what other people show up with, and if that's true, that's not fair. That is and, not fair. And that shouldn't be a thing. Meaning, like I mean, it goes the same thing goes in our racing. People show up with cars that have cages in them. I'm like, no way. Yeah, your focus, for example. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think the cage is great in that car. Actually, uh, I, I think it was well built. It just wasn't well built for me. But you know what I mean? Like, there's yes. been there's been cars that show, and up I was and, stupid for racing that. There's I been agree. cars show up at Matt Law and they're like, there's no way. But that's where the rules come in. And it's like if if track officials think that that cage see, isn't safe, they're not going to let them hit the track. See, here's – this is all that it is. In the trucks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, they had the the halo stuff around the top, obviously, to keep the top from coming in. But still, it's just like it's bare bones and I wouldn't want to race it. Yeah, because like I have a whole, I have a bar there, a wedge bar there, like, and I left a comment on that video last year, following uh, <clears throat> Haley's wreck at Bristol. Those were hard hits. Those cars were not built for Bristol. I think you can absolutely build them to be like Bristol, but that's a lot of money, and maybe they're not one. I mean, to that's spend not different money. than us running them at uh, Winchester, right? And and I mentioned that too. I was like, you know, we're starting to run crown. I was like, you know, I I co own a team. We race Crown Vicks. We race them at 
uh, Winchester, which is a very similar track to Bristol in a lot of ways. And our cars are built for it. Those cars were not built to run at Bristol. Now, it also doesn't help that you have people out there that don't race. Yeah. So like, because whereas, a lot of these events are like, you know, YouTubers and stuff like, like that. Like Roman Atwood. I'm not, yeah. I love Roman, not crapping on him in any way whatsoever, but right. Does he have a background in racing? Yeah. Not saying he didn't, he's not good because, you know, whenever they ran the Crown Vicks at Bristol, he did well. Yeah. But you get a bunch of people out there that uh, we're just doing this for content. Yeah. Hey, it's Cletus's event. We're doing it for content. It'll help us out. Chaos is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people, I, I guarantee a lot of those guys didn't have a, a experience on dirt. No. Which handles a lot different than asphalt. Um, I, well, I mean, who was it that went down on the dirtles and caused the wreck? You know, right. I mean, they were jumping. It looked like the Crown Vic at Mount Lyon that jumped the scoring rock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think what Cletus has done is great. I think it, it's a great thing for his business, and I support it, but not the way it is. I think you got to really focus on safety. and. Um, I think I especially with everything else that's gone on so far just this year Yeah. in racing. I mean, that brings up a counterpoint. You know, we've seen some of the safest cars fail and drivers get hurt or killed, and it happens. It's racing, but, like, throwing bare-bone cages is not going to help <laughs> your cause. And I, I, I just want to say, like, you know, no hate, I guess, although that's what I'm doing, but it's like you're lucky that nobody's gotten hurt yet, seriously hurt or killed. I mean, I'll leave it at that. Because it's like, could you get sued? I don't know, maybe. They probably all sign waivers. Yeah, but still. But like, I don't know. It's still it, it a good sucks look. because I'm like, this is such a cool thing. Like, it has a lot of potential. He's shown that it has a lot of. And potential. I've said previously, you know, before I focused on the safety of it, I would love to be a part of it. I still would, but I ain't gonna let them touch the car. It'll be a car that I bring that I feel safe. But yeah, I, I would I would want to be a part of it, but not the way it is. Right. But no, I agree. I 100 percent agree. But anyway, that's all I have for today. That's all I have too. I think it was a pretty good episode. I, I really think, so think we got in. We didn't go off on too many tangents. I think yeah. we stayed on what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, fairly well. Um, I will say, if you are listening in the future and you don't like what we had to say and you disagree, let us know. But don't be assholes about it because hey, I have my opinions and you have yours. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Exactly. And if you don't like it, start a podcast and, you know, make your counterpoints. No, but seriously, like, you know, I know a lot of these topics I get scared about talking because I'm like, I don't want somebody to get mad at me and be like, you're an asshole or you're an idiot. But it's also like bad publicity is publicity. (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) I mean, I probably wouldn't chop this one up and put it on TikTok. No, but but I don't know. It'd probably get some feedback. I guarantee it. Negative. It would spark conversations that I think. Now the right people wouldn't see it, I guarantee it. But it would spark conversations, and I think that that's a that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. It may not start off on a good foot, but it would spark conversation. I think that's what I care more about. Is just like let's talk about it. Why do you disagree? You know, but don't be an asshole about it. You know why I disagree? Because trust me, I'm an engineer. <laughs> exactly, and I'm not. <laughs> not so. really. I don't. I don't live by that. But anyway. That's all I have. Um, good episode. It was. It felt good to be in here today. 
Yeah. Just kind of jabber on about some stuff. But uh, our racing season is speeding up on us very quickly. Um, it's going to be here before you know it. So hopefully we'll bring you with us to the track um, several times throughout the season and um, hopefully provide some good content for you. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's all I have to say tonight and thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week.